welcome to The God Conclusion. I'm your host, John Leonard. All right. Welcome, listeners. Today on the God Conclusion podcast, we have an awesome guest, Matthew Botsford. And normally I hand the mic over to the guest almost immediately so they can begin speaking. But this isn't going to be an adversarial conversation like some of the earlier interviews have been. And so I'd like to tell a little bit about Matthew's story before he starts to speak. I first discovered Matthew from a television program called I Survived Beyond and Back. And to be brutally honest, his story was by far the most interesting episode that I ever saw on that program. He talked about, or his story was that he was visiting in Atlanta. He was originally from Michigan. He was in Atlanta on business and just had dinner. And he was shot in the back of the in the back of his head by a random shooter just spraying bullets down the street, and he was dead before he hit the pavement. And before we get into Matthew's testimony, I just want to say that I'm particularly honored that this episode is going to air on the anniversary that that event happened. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, Matthew, tell us your story. Well, back in the 90s, I was in sales, working with my family business. And we went on a business trip from Michigan, as you said, John, to Atlanta. And we were coming out of a restaurant after gathering our thoughts together, you know, for the upcoming meetings. And while waiting for a taxi, unbeknownst to us, there was three gentlemen with nine millimeter Uzis, drunk, intoxicated, and they just started spraying bullets. Last thing I remember feeling was like if you heated up a hypodermic needle and, and punched it into the back of your skull, I felt this searing, hot, deep pierce, and which was obviously the nine millimeter bullet coming in through the back of my head. And then instantaneously, Everything just went black. I felt I collapsed to the, to, to the concrete, just dead. And then I found myself chained, shackled at the wrists, at the ankles, hanging over a, a bottomless pit of some sort, an abyss, if you'll, if you'll say, and total blackness, no sound, full of fear, I knew there was nothing good in this place. There was no kindness, no hope. I saw out before me these these crouched over kind of 
creatures, people, I don't know. I could tell they were in great agony, great angst, and they had been enduring this for a long time. Somehow I knew that where I was now at was an eternal realm outside of time. And out of this blackness, which was really scary, every so often I would see these eyes and they would come at me, you know, like some like lightning speed, like there. Uh, and they had this really foul stench. I could actually see in their teeth, like flesh hanging, if you will. And then I noticed some of them would zip around to my backside as I hung there. And then I could feel them pull at my flesh. And then I was like, okay, so flesh in their teeth. And then so the ones that, that, that stayed in front of me, I could see they had various lengths of horns on their head. And somehow I knew that denoted their rank among these demons. And they, I could feel them reading me. They judged me. And I'm like, here I am in hell. And these demons are judging me. They knew all the sins, you know, stuff that you shouldn't have done as a kid. Maybe it stole that dollar here or there. They knew all that. And so they condemned me. And so it was a time of eternal condemnation. And then if that wasn't enough, out before me, I could see like out of the, out of the like rightish corner of this realm. I mean, it was huge cavernous area. I saw this flow of lava, as best I can describe it, molten magma that, that would flow out and down and towards me. It would go around the, the different stalagmites and stalactites that were in this cave and meander its way towards me. And as I mentioned, I was hanging over some type of deep precipice. So when the magma flowed over the edge, some bubbles would pop off and hit me in the in lower legs, feet, shins. And I would actually feel and see my skin and flesh just melt off and melt away. And then if that wasn't painful enough, it hurt just as much because it would reform. Like I said, this was an eternal kind of existence that I was experiencing. And uh, so that was pretty horrendous. But somewhere in this period of time, I started to see a protuberance like if you're pushing your finger through a black garbage bag, if you will, you know how it kind of starts pushing through and then it pushed through. And then, and then I see it was a, it was a man's hand. Uh, there was a right hand cracked crevice looked really old. If you want to use a Christianese term, you know, like maybe ancient of days, it, uh, I do believe it was definitely God's hand. It had full, it was full of like life. And as this hand, as his hand started to descend towards me, John, as I said, I was shackled, kind of like Faye Dunaway, King Kong thing. His hand came around my waist. Okay. And then I started to hear this beautiful music. And this was the first sound that came to me down there. And I heard this beautiful orchestral music, finely grained white feathers, brilliant white light. As I said, this was place was a place of pure darkness and pure evil. 
nothing good. And as soon as his hand grabbed me about my waist, shackles fell off. These demonic creatures vanished. It was just like war happened, but there was no war against this hand. And then it was like an elevator ride. I was carried, I felt like carrying straight up. And then I heard this voice and it came out of everywhere all at once. And it, and it simply said, it's not your time. And it was like a, a thunderous clap, bolt of lightning, like Niagara Falls, all wound together. It was such a mighty voice. What is your next memory after that? I mean, did you go to heaven? Did you experience heaven at any point? No, no, no. It was just the opposite. It was just the other way. I had no relationship with the Lord. I knew there was a God, but I had no, I had no relationship. I didn't really ever think about Jesus, per se. Oh, so, you know, Jesus, he is the only way to the Father. So I experienced down there. Well, I, first I have to confess that when I watched your episode, I had a little bit of the doubting Thomas moment because right? I'm looking at a man who's been shot in the back of the head and you looked just a little too good. From my <laughs> perspective. You spoke normally, you have no difficulties in having, carrying on the conversation, but that was not always the case. And no. your wife, Nancy, who was also not a believer at the time that you got shot, I would say that she is the difference that, well, she is definitely the difference in you being here today because the doctors wanted to donate your organs. You got that right, John. Yeah, she's the only reason why I'm here for, for many reasons, what you just said, and also the fact that it was her prayer to the Lord that, I think enabled God to do what he did because she came by, by my bedside and just said, you know what, no matter what, no matter how he is, wheelchair institution or not, paralyzed or not, I'm going to stay with him for the rest of my life. And, and, and God honors covenant big time. The promise of Ruth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the next thing I remember waking up from that was in horrible pain. It's funny to me. I see these people come out of comas because I was in a coma 27 days-ish. So I'm coming out of the coma. My left arm is tied down. I got all these tubes in me and I hurt. I lost 90 some pounds. Uh, left side's paralyzed. Can't move. Got a hole in my throat. Can't talk. Can't feed myself. Can't walk. So coming, coming out, and then I also noticed there was cars all over my hospital room because I had the birthday, I had my birthday while in the coma. And so it wasn't like a happy, oh gosh, I'm back. No, oh, no it was oh a my long gosh, struggle. what the heck happened? I hurt, you know, I don't know what happened. So lots of years of therapy and some awesome therapist. My wife that decided, yes, you know, I will stay. We're only married like three-ish years. So me, Matthew, who she first married, instantly changed. And so you talk about a big decision for a wife, a new wife even. 
Yeah. But I do, I, I still do have the left side of paralysis. I wear a brace from my knee down and my left leg picks up my foot. So I definitely have challenges. Cognitively, they're still there. If I get tired or things like that, then then they then they show back up. But lots of speech therapy. Yeah, my, my wife wrote a great book called Day in Hell, Trauma to Triumph. It focuses more on the triumph that, that you can have in life if you just persist and believe upon the right person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously there's many more, there's so many details. She wrote them all in the book. <laughs> I mean, I could, you know, I could talk for hours or Well, we definitely need to plug the book because it's an amazing story that you've got to tell. And it needs to be shared with the world. I can show you the cover. It's a proof copy. So it's got a little not for resale thing across the front, but I can show it to you. you Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hold it up. Oh, yeah. That's all. Pull back a little bit so we can see the whole cover. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. You see? I love the cover that she picked for it. it. It's so it's it's got hope instead of just instead of just yeah the original book she came out with the, the cover really portrayed just the bleakness and the, and the blackness and hopelessness of hell. But this time, this is a book full of that, but overwritten with hope. And boy, everybody needs hope these days. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but we we had the opportunity to meet and I invited you over to our church and, and you spoke there. And yeah, we both did. Yes. And, and yes. And yeah. when we sat down in that Starbucks and, and talked for a few minutes and I looked you in the eye and I asked you if, if how you felt about the people that shot you and you spoke of forgiveness then. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure that hasn't I'm, changed. I'm glad you asked that, John. Yeah. I often can run over that. If, if, if I hadn't, well, we, Nancy and I, if we hadn't found a way to forgive these guys that so drastically altered and changed our life, we would be stuck years back, physically back, for sure, with unforgiveness, you know, they got caught, they went to jail. I mean, but my greatest hope is that they find a better way. They find that there's a Lord that actually can give them hope. You know, right. You know, instead of running around with gun, oh my gosh, especially today, running around with guns, shooting people. Guns can't do anything unless somebody pulls that trigger. Amen. No. A gun is just a tool. Yep. And yeah. if somebody wants to kill, they'll get a knife or they'll use a car. They'll yeah. find a way. It's the desire that's evil, not the yeah. Well, you know, I, I think what allowed us to, to really forgive these guys for real, you know, deep down, was when we got the understanding that, well, we're, we're, we're all God's kids. Not I'm not saying we're all saved God's kids, but he made everybody. He made every single person on this earth. He made in his likeness and in his image. Now, some choose to follow a different path 
which leads to death, destruction, you know, as these gentlemen did to us, to me. Um, following after the wrong guy, basically speaking. You know? And the other thing that I asked you when we spoke that day was while I was looking you right in the eye was I said, you were the quintessential innocent bystander. You were standing there minding your own business. You weren't necessarily a Christian at the time, but you weren't an evil person. You hadn't committed murder. You weren't a thief. You were a businessman. Yeah. All on business, just trying to mind your own business. And you get shot. And in one second, you go from alive and vibrant to basically a candidate for a body bag. Yeah, dead, dead in a hanging corpse, right? Yeah, young and good shape. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have organ donor on my license anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm sure they're still good, but you still. Oh, have I'm sure they are. Absolutely. You still have good use for them. Yeah. Oh, what a remarkable story. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate you, John. I'm so glad you reached out. And I it just blows my mind that the airing date is, is, is the 22nd, which is the anniversary of this whole event. That's crazy. It's divine intervention. My it friend. is. <laughs> it is. Well, thank you so much for your time and this call. And I look forward to speaking with you again sometime soon when I'm down your way. We will, John. You you have an open invitation. All right, my friend. Take care. Thanks, God John. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The God Conclusion. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing to this channel. Join us again next week as we continue to seek truth. Quid est veritas.